0: Five four three two one. I'm John Miglosh from the Wisconsin DMA. We fight for mail and direct marketing every day. I'm up in Minneapolis today, and uh, so I have my backup formatter, and it uh, is nuts to play with. But we'll give it our best shot, and hopefully, you'll enjoy the content that's a little varied today. So let's get over to the news, and we're going to start with a political ad from a Minneapolis mayoral candidate, and um, this was from a collection of video campaigns of of campaign commercials that were so crazy that you might want to vote for them. I'm not sure that's the case in in this one, but let's go play it. You know what I want? A Minneapolis mayor that really represents the people. cool with making $100,000 a year. I will not take money from the developers. I will not take money from the political angle. I will not even go to the strip clubs anymore. Wake the f- up! Okay, so off he goes. And I'm not sure I'd vote for him, but ever since they had Jesse the Body Ventura as a governor up here in Minnesota, I, uh, You know, you kind of wonder, and this guy seems to be trying to take a page out of that (laughs) guy's political action book. So anyway, let's get over to the uh, to the real news. We'll get over to the PDFs. I stumbled across this guide to um, to mailing and how to do mailings from the USPS, and it was pretty good. And what I liked best about it was that it um, it talks about lists. And the, the first thing, and this is the first question I always ask. I've gotten a new client and a couple of new projects. Um, and where we start is think about what lists you already have. That's, you know, because usually they want to, you know, they, they think immediately about I, want, I, need, more, I need more customers. I want to get more customers. And but the, but the place to test, the place to, to learn what is really working for you is in, is in your existing customer lists. And um, and what list you already have? Do they need hygiene, et cetera? Good questions to ask. How can we utilize what we already have to to gain information so that we can make the prospecting more effective? Because prospecting is notoriously difficult. Most companies completely underestimate their uh, their ability to prospect and their and their understanding of their current list. So. Uh, I did some work for Windham Hill Records, it was an independent record company, and um, I got out to California to help them, and they said, well, we've had our lists profiled and we know that most of our customers are men, 35 to 55, high income, high education, okay? But we rent those lists and we just don't get any decent results, you know? And sometimes consulting is just trying not to laugh too hard at what people tell you. you know, because later I looked up, and there were about 13 million of those uh, of those sorts of people, right? I said, "Well, how many of these CDs do you get rid of in a year?" And they said a couple of million. So even if 100% of their of their customers were that, which you know, with music is impossible, they still would have only uh, about a uh, 20% chance that people who were that also were fans of their music. You know, it just doesn't work that way. And so I said, how many do these get rid of? And they said a couple of million. I said, have you ever think of putting a card in there that says we have a free catalog? And they said, uh, hmm, we could do that. And so in the first uh, six months, I think we generated 600,000 catalog requests, which pulled 15% response and we generated 90,000 new customers and it worked so well that they uh, sold out to BMG for something like 17 million. Uh, So, you know, it was an untapped resource right there and it it made millions and millions of dollars for their company and I got five grand for the help, um, which was what we settled on and a lot of CDs. (laughs) Also, um, but here, you know, they put this 40% in and you think, well, 40% when it comes to mailing lists, it's about quality. It's 40% of the reason a campaign succeeds or fails. Well, 40%, yeah. This comes from a, a tried and true uh, urban legend that 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 40% of the success of your package is the list and 30% is the offer and 10 or 20% is the creative. Um, although I've seen just a minor change in the photograph on the cover of a catalog do 40% improvement, just that, without changing the list at all. So it kind of depends on how goofed up you are in what area. And uh, that's why the, that generalization doesn't really work for, a, for a, someone who really knows what they're talking about. But it's a good place to start. And that's kind of, you know, this will be up in the show notes, uh, some ideas about lists and stuff. And it's a good checklist and something to look at. <clears throat> okay, here's, um, here's an article about, um, about integrated mail. Uh, integrating mail in your campaign ads, and it's from Jim Richard, a 25-year postal veteran. And what he's really doing is summarizing a, a report that the USPS put out. They went back and studied the Virginia election of 2021 and found out that, that a, a high percentage of people, here's the, here's the link to the, um, to the report, the full report itself, uh, which will be in the show notes, and uh, 75 percent of voters in 2021 read reading mail pieces uh, upon receipt and direct mail prompting 63 percent of voters to discuss the race with friends and family members excellent you know that's a really great place to start if you can have some conversation get going that's really great also um, a high percentage went to their uh, went, went online to do further research I think two-thirds said they did. Now, part of that is one of my pet peeves about campaign mail is that it doesn't tell you what party they what party they are or, you know, almost anything about them, you know, that makes some claim. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, it's really, it, you know that it's, it's highly uh, spun. And so, yeah, you have to go online to do some research. It may not necessarily be where they want you to go online, but you go around there and find something else. Um, I've seen this before. Voters value authenticity. Not sure what authenticity even means in politics. 85%, this was a a huge number, 85% of Hispanic voters agreed that when targeted authentically, direct mail had an impact on their opinion. And uh, we get, you know, sometimes at our house we get, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember who, it's like Spectrum, the cable company, sends us Spanish mailings in Spanish. And I don't know what the... I don't know what the demographics are in my in my particular zip code. My guess is Hispanic is less than one percent. So if you're going to be authentic and you're mailing Hispanic a, a Hispanic district, you know, make it Spanish at least as make it the forward language with maybe English uh, subheads or something. But um, if you're mailing to pr- predominantly not Hispanic, you know, keep it in English. I think it makes it makes it work more effectively. Anyway, so that's enough of that. <laughs> now I want to talk about Ritson and he's got, a, this is, a, you know, it's a humdinger, I really like this one. Um, suffering from imposter syndrome. So when I got started as a marketing consultant, you know, I actually had never taken a marketing course, right? I had sold advertising, uh, basically door to door, business to business, and a straight commission and outsold many of the uh, existing salespeople. And I had done some significant, I'd, I'd done some significant work for nonprofits while I was in college, including uh, including being the, the chairman of a campaign where we had 300 volunteers. And I forget our budget, but it was thousands of dollars. And we got 30,000 people to a Christian speaker <laughs> on the University of Wisconsin campus, which was, you know, it's pretty pretty amazing i don't think anybody believed that we did it but we did it and uh you know we had legal battles along the way we had all sorts of fun but uh so i had some experience and then i went out and sold printing um so i had print experience and then i worked for a distributing company and i set up their telesales uh and where outbound where we would call customers and um and then we programmed a new ERP system for their for their company. Uh, so I had computers, I had I had telesales, I had straight commission business to business sales, I had some advertising and marketing, I had some graphic design. I designed other brochures and things, and designed a lot of things materials when I sold printing. So Vic Hunter, God bless him. <laughs> hired me, and after a couple of months, he said, you know, I think I greatly overestimated your your qualifications. <laughs> so maybe I had imposter syndrome, and, and you know, people, uh, you know, they'd introduce me at client meetings, and they'd say, you know, well, what's your background, John? How do you get to be a direct marketing consultant? And I would say, uh, oh, man, you know, it's a miracle. God put me in this place. <laughs> And <laughs> I have no business being a marketing consultant, which I'm sure inspires <clears throat> confidence in your clients. And Stan Kokofka, who was one of the former presidents of Allen Bradley, uh, pulled me aside one day and he said, John, maybe you should think about the reasons why you might belong here as a, as a marketing consultant rather than all the reasons why it's a miracle. <laughs> and that was very helpful for me very, very helpful. And I got to work with Bill Younger and Stan kakofka and other really super professionals. And gradually, you know, it became clear that I actually did have a kind of a knack for that, including eight hours of psychological testing where they said they'd never seen anybody so well fit for their career. So anyway, Ritson takes this on and he says marketing. Uh, he said this is a this is a thing for most professions, male and female. Despite earned degrees, scholastic honors, high achievement, and standardized on standardized tests, praise, and professional recognition from colleagues and respected authorities, they consider themselves to be imposters. Right? I remember talking to my advisor in grad school, and he said, you know, that he he wasn't sure that he was a really great philosopher, but you know, eventually. When he got his Ph.D., I think, or no, he got tenure, I think it was when he got tenure at the University of Wisconsin, he finally decided in his own head, yeah, I must be pretty good at this or they wouldn't keep me around. But, you know, like you said, it's in every profession. Uh, and, but, the, but the term imposter syndrome was born from, the, from these two women who studied other women. And it's just as common in male subjects, and it's especially true, Ritson thinks, in marketing. Because um, here's the reason. Marketing, even their standing, you know, I was asked at one of the community colleges to talk to kids about marketing, going into marketing. And I said, you know, you'll never hold the purse strings. (laughs) You'll (laughs) always be begging for money from the CFO and the CEO. And it's, you know, you just, you never, and you never get to be, almost never get to be president of a company, at least the one you're working for, um, because they don't think you can run stuff. They think you're flaky and, uh, and there's a lot of truth to that. Microsoft's, <laughs> Microsoft's CMO Chris Caposella said, in order to make marketing more successful at Microsoft, he first had to aggressively promote marketing's role. You have to get over imposter syndrome, he noted, and say, no, marketing sits right next to sales. It's a peer to sales to engineering to finance. It's not second to them. And I think about a book in David Ogilvy's book, Confessions of an Ad Man, which sounds a little like imposter syndrome, because he had, you know, he was he he, he worked as a as a in a, in a in a one of the five star or whatever restaurants in Paris, and he, he's from Scotland. And I don't think he had a lot of a lot of uh, culinary training. And then he went to work in the Amish tobacco fields or something in Pennsylvania. And then he went to work for George Gallup and learned about the power of s- statistics and uh, what you could learn. And somehow along the way with Gallup, I think, learned about the power of direct marketing and testing and and went on to build one of the great agencies of all time. But, but in Confessions of an Ad Man, he talks about... Um, he did the the Hathaway shirt ad, the famous Hathaway shirt ad, where on the way to the photography shoot, he stopped at a pharmacy to pick something up and he bought an eye patch. And they put the eye patch on the model for Hathaway shirts and it was just a super attention-getting little device. And then he said... He he took Hathaway shirts from 10 million to 50 million or something in just a few like a year, and then a financier bought it from Hathaway's, who's had, who'd been running it for 50 years or something, and in a year in a in a year, uh, he bought it for let's say 50 million and he sold it for like 100 million, and so the finance guy sold, doubled his revenue <clears throat> doing absolutely nothing but using the eye patch that David Ogilvy had done. You know and David Ogilvy probably made you know a million out of the whole thing and uh, most of that went to ad costs so uh you know even David Ogilvy pointed out first that you know the 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 ad syndrome just in the title of his book and secondly that the finance guy ended up making way more money did he begrudge that he said not really but you know, he knows that he was responsible for that, so marketing's tenuous position in many companies undermines marketers and their confidence and I would say that is absolutely right. but after you change the valuation of a few companies and you do it then you do it over and over and over, I think seventeen times i've I've dramatically multiplied the valuation of a company with marketing and oftentimes with the unseen. Uh, resources that their customer list might provide or some other way that they can generate uh, a marketing explosion. We did that with Adobe, with a division of Adobe, took them from, from 25 million to 50 million in about six months and increased the revenue per piece and the profit per piece. So after a while you realize that marketing deserves a place. Now, will they get one? They get one if you prove that it's the marketing and its causal force and that's what direct marketing is about. Direct, in direct marketing we don't just run a campaign and see, the, and see that things went up. We keep the old campaign. We compare the control against the new test and we look for the incremental boost in revenue. And so when you do that, if you're a marketing If you're a marketing executive and you feel like you're not getting the credit, you need to get somebody, you need to get some help in setting up field valid experiments. Work with your CFO. Say, what would it take to prove this? You know, when we we, we worked with Cabela's, we brought in a new statistical uh, machine learning concept there. And they told me that the very first mailing, we made them $2.4 million more than they had estimated they were going to make. Is that valid no they said no and the CFO said well that's not a valid test because he knew something about it and I and he was right and so we did another test and we and we we you we could recreate their methodology and so we used their methodology and we did it in the in the very in the very tail end of the no in the very beginning of the fish of the hunting season I think whatever we did we did it in a place where their methodology actually would work as well as it's gonna work. And we still ended up beating their profit per piece by 75% incremental left. Well, then they believed me, but uh, then their IT people said they could do the same thing for less. So they, (laughs) so I got fired. Uh, So anyway, focus on the core principles. We're constantly being told, you know, we shoot ourselves in in our own feet (laughs) because we say, oh, You know, direct mail is dead, radio is dead, TV is dead. You have to have the new shiny object. You have to have the digital marketing or whatever it is, but you can't have just digital marketing. You have to have TikTok or you have to So nothing you know from the past is valid. Well, that's a good way to undermine your own credibility if you have some experience. You know, I remember when the internet started, it was like I had built more websites than most of the marketing people, you know, that were making a big splash on the internet and they you know it seemed like if you had more than 10 cents or 10 seconds of experience you were you were not believable and it was sad because today things are completely spinning around right and and people are calling and saying i think maybe we should try some mail people seem to actually listen to that and believe it so anyway i better wrap this up uh, it's a really really wor- it's it's really worth reading uh, uh, Ritson says take some professional training you'll find out that <laughs> you will find out that you may not be great but everyone else is much worse you know I, I, I did have that have the honor of, of teaching in Bob Stone and Martin bears uh, direct marketing certification course out in University of Kansas uh, or University of Missouri KC and I also took the class and I didn't do the highest on the final exam, but I got third, but our, but our case study won. And so I was the valedictorian of the class. And so I found out that yes, in fact, I do know what I'm talking about. Um, but also you'll find out that everybody else is not that good. If we work in a very imprecise field, marketing is trying to predict the future. Finance, they, they can be very cocky because they're just sorting out the, the, the future. They're counting the dead bodies. We're trying to figure out what the next strategy is for the next battle, and that is infinitely more difficult. So go easy on yourself. Doing basic marketing, you can add enormous value, as I said. Change the valuation of the company. I'm pretty sure most plumbers don't get imposter syndrome because at the end of the day, they do the basics well, and they clock off at 5 p.m. Marketing isn't rocket science, it's not even science. Do the best you can, work hard, and don't be so hard on yourself. It may be, but it may be science if you do direct marketing. So join the WDMA, help support our cause. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye. Oops.